Would you please turn with me in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. Our minds have a funny way of holding on to some actions that we experience for the first time in our lives. Maybe some of you can remember the very first time you drove a car all by yourself with nobody else there with you. Some people can remember the very first time that they kissed their soon-to-be husband or wife. Some parents out there can remember very clearly the first time they dropped off their oldest child and let them go to school behind those doors without them. And some of you moms have shed quite a few tears when that day came. It's my humble opinion that yesterday my daughter had a, one of these experiences, a first-time-in-life experience that I think she will probably remember. It was a nice lazy day for us, and Tina went out to run some errands, and as we were there, there was a delivery to the front door, and sure enough, it was a shelf, a rather large-sized shelf for Emma's bedroom, and Tina said, can you guys get that shelf put together sometime today? Well, happy to oblige, and, and what better time than on Saturday when she's home to do most of the work, Right. And so I said, well, let's go ahead and put this together, and, and uh, we got to going, and she had put furniture together before, but as we were working on it, we, it went fairly smooth, and we got to the last step. And then the last step of the shelf, it's putting the back on the shelf, so it's not a super important part, but we found ourselves with 23 little tiny screws that needed to be screwed into the place to hold it there. And so there was one to kind of start you off, you put it in place, and I did a starter one there and screwed it in, and then I took this screwdriver right there. You can't even see it from the back rows, can you? I took that screwdriver because it has a small head, and I handed it to Emma, and I said, okay, get going on these screws here, 23 of them. And then I said, I'll be right back. And she was going on that and had to keep it straight and not having the best time, and then I came back with something, and I said, I asked this question. I said, have you ever used power tools before? And she said, no. And I said, all right, well, today's the day. And so we took that screwdriver and set it aside and got out the drill, or the, screw, the power screwdriver, we'll call it, today. And as these 23 went in there, she was doing the one and, you know, probably hanging a little bit tired and looking at all the work that was ahead of us. Now, before I handed her this, I gave her some instruction. Because with this, there is no setting of low power, medium power, high power. There's just a trigger. And so if you don't know what you're doing, you can pull that trigger and it can really take off and even cause some damage. I let her know, do not strip the screws. Now, why do you think I'm an expert on stripping screws? Why do you think? Because <laughs> I've stripped screws before. I said, do not strip these screws, but we'll go ahead and do this. And so very, I, I showed her how to do it just very carefully. You know, we didn't, we didn't do that. We, we didn't do that. Just very, very gently, we just, you know, I showed her how to go very lightly and then nice and take and she got her first one in. And afterwards, she said, boy, that was a lot easier. 
just like that. And I said, this will be great, all these screws that we have to do, and how much easier is it going to go when we have that power tool? There are some Christians that are muddling along in their Christian walk without the power and without the confidence that they need to really live up to life's purpose. Regularly, a person will stand back and look and and ask themselves the question, is this really what it's supposed to look like? Seems like I'm missing something. And what we'll see in God's Word today is how to better know the purpose that God has for your life, and specifically in one area of discipline. Now, all that to bring us to Colossians chapter 1. We are in a series right now called Church is Essential. We started out by talking what, about what Jesus said about the church. Jesus spoke of the church. He used, in his first reference to the church in the New Testament, he used the reference for all believers from all time and all places, what we sometimes call the universal church. He used uh, that reference when he talked about it. That's only mentioned a couple times in the Bible. The vast majority of the time, what Jesus and what others would talk about in the New Testament when they spoke of a church was a local group of believers who joined together for worship, for instruction, for fellowship, and for expression. Last time, we we looked at worship. We were challenged with the fact that everyone who knows Jesus Christ should be seeking out a group of believers so that they can join together in praising God. We're blessed with the fact that when this happens, the glory of God is seen. God's glory is evident. Someone who has no clue who Jesus is, they could come in and see the glory of God reflected in the worship of those who are calling out to Him. Today we're going to look at the second of the four main objectives that we at Calvary here uh, consider essential in our church, and that objective is instruction. We have a desire for the people that are part of this local assembly to be maturing into followers of Christ that aren't constantly saying, is this really what it's supposed to be like? Is this really all there is? Worship is an important part, but instruction is also a very important area. When we look at this area of instruction, there are three ways that we've broken it down here at Calvary, and we're going to talk about all three of those this morning. The first one is you need to be growing deeper in your understanding of God. A month from now, you should have a deeper understanding of God. Well, let us turn to Colossians chapter 1 to start us off. We're going to read verses 9 and 10. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God." An enormous amount of the understanding and knowledge that we have of God, we get through on-the-job training. 
as we walk in our lives, we are given opportunities to learn more of Him. It is sad that many people, even many Christians, will miss what God is trying to teach them. It is not because God is changing that we can learn more about Him throughout our lives, but it is because our lives are constantly changing. Our God is immutable. He is no different today than He was uh, from eternity past. But we can learn more of Him year after year when we face different seasons. Yesterday, the men gathered together for breakfast. We had more than 25 guys joined together and uh, enjoyed fellowship. And one fellow shared a testimony, just kind of his story of his life. Testimonies and people's life stories have a way of connecting. And I can remember just sitting there and finding myself without even thinking about it at least three or maybe four times nodding my head like this when he was sharing his story. And the reason that I was nodding my head was because he was sharing something that God taught him. Maybe it was a difficult lesson. Maybe it was one that took a long time for him to learn. But I can remember in my own life learning that same lesson. And all glory and praise goes to God. But it is so important that we understand that we're not alone in this. There are others that are around us that are learning of God as well, a deep understanding of God. And sometimes those of us who have the gray hair, we've been down that road before. Sometimes we've made big mistakes. And it's so good for us as a church family to grow in our understanding. We're learning as we go, but we're blessed to have a fellowship like this. We are blessed to not face one of the biggest areas that the devil wants us to believe, and that is that we are alone. We are, do not have to face these things by ourselves. We have others. I get that it makes us vulnerable. I'm the last one who wants to stand up and confess my sins to somebody else. But when we go through situations in life, the devil wants us to believe that we are alone. I've been so blessed by talking to brothers and sisters who, who have gone on before me, and even younger ones who just have wisdom beyond their years, and been able to see the deep understanding that they have of God because of how they went through a certain season in their life, and they were able to see something of God. We oftentimes, when we learn of God, we're learning of His attributes. It's a good place to go, God's mercy God's grace, His love. When we look at our own life and what He's trying to teach us, oftentimes we will look at His attributes. But I want to narrow it down to an even smaller group than that. I want to ask, what can we learn from His Godhead, the Trinity? When we think of the Trinity, we think of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And when you think of your experience going deeper in what you know of God. I wonder how many of you have learned in a recent season of life why the Holy Spirit has been given the title for us, the Great Comforter. Have you been in that season and just had your mind opened? Oh, 
you're here. You're present. I don't know how many times I have heard individuals say, I don't know how people who do not know Jesus Christ go through these things. It is they who have gone through a difficult season and learned what it is to have the great comforter. Maybe you, like me, try and fail and try and fail. And oftentimes I come before the Lord in prayer and I feel so inadequate and I feel so guilty sometimes. And oftentimes my mind will go to the Son of God who died on the cross for Jeremy's sins. And so when a holy God looks at me and I understand how short I fall and how often I fall short, I understand as I grow in my understanding of Him that He's not looking at me in my sin. He's looking at Jesus Christ. And he says, Jeremy, you are accepted. Not because I'm good enough, but because the work of Christ on the cross was good enough. And as I focus on God the Son, I grow deeper in my understanding of God. How many of you have learned the Father to be long-suffering? It is good for us to know that we're not alone We're not going to take time to raise hands and share stories in this gathering right now, but it's healthy. Some of you have been a prodigal. You've ran from God, and you've come back. And as you study God the Father, you see His long-suffering and His patience. He was always waiting for you to come back. And how beautiful, even in those seasons that we would erase with an eraser like a blackboard on a blackboard if we could, we would get rid of it, never to be there. But God allows even those seasons to be used in a way where we grow in our understanding of Him. And some of you have a prodigal right now, don't you? Some of you have a daughter or a son They're far from God. We learn of our God that He's there, ready to receive them. And we pray that they will, just like it says in the story of the prodigal son, come to their senses. When He came to Himself, it says. We learn of our God. We grow deeper in our understanding of Him. And in the tough situations of life, you not only you not only need to talk to someone who has been through that kind of situation, but you need to talk to someone who's been through that same kind of situation who knows God. All kinds of people have been through messy situations. That will continue. You need to talk to someone who's been through that or something like it, and they held on to a God who would never let them go. For the child of God, the Bible says that we don't hold God in our hand. He holds us in His hand. Some of you will find yourself on the other end of this, where you need to be seeking out individuals who are in pain. It's likely that even on this very day, you've passed by somebody and asked the question, how are you doing? 
And they said the answer that we so often hear, fine, but they're not fine. We need individuals who have been down that road who are willing to help, willing to pray, willing to listen, willing to counsel, willing to rebuke sometimes. We grow deeper in our understanding of God. And as we go down those paths and as we learn of God, the best thing that we can do to prepare for that is the next area that we want you to grow deeper in here at Calvary. We want you to grow deeper in your knowledge of the Word of God. We are so blessed to have God's written Word accessible. And in this group, I don't think our major problem is going to be people that are fighting against the Bible, ones that are trying to discredit the Bible, individuals who are trying to challenge the Bible and and have it less in the church or in the schools or wherever. I think the problem that we would face in this group is the neglect of the Bible. Would you turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, please? I'm going to read uh, starting at the end of chapter 1 and go into, verse, into chapter 2 for a few verses. Before I do that, I want to give you something to watch for. I want you to watch specifically for two benefits that come from knowledge of the Bible. Two benefits, or specifically two groups of people that benefit from the knowledge of the Bible. Sorry, you all beat me there. 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 22. Look for those two groups. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, let one another love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, not but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tested or tasted that the Lord is good. First of all, what we see here in these verses is that we need to know the Word of God so that we can know the love of God better. You and I, as we get to know His Word, more and more the wonderful blessing of salvation becomes more prominent. Look at verse 22. Purified your soul by obedience to the truth. Verse 23 says, since you have been born again. Verse 25, this is the good news preached to you. And then in verse 3 of chapter 2, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. When you and I develop a deeper knowledge of the Bible, it will constantly develop a better appreciation for salvation. 
you will constantly be seeing what Jesus did, constantly seeing his work, and then constantly seeing what it means to you specifically. So the first group is us. We know the Bible so that we can know God's love better. And then we also know the Bible better in order to show God's love to others. Verse 22 says, purify your soul for a sincere brotherly love. And then there's a laundry list in chapter 2 that it starts with. Interesting that the chapter starts that way. Put away malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. We're gaining our knowledge in the Word so that we can apply it by showing love to others. This is the best way that you can help others. You're learning of God and you're understanding as you walk through life and you're learning of His Word to help you along the way. Now, what are some ways that you can better understand God's Word? Well, let's not overcomplicate it. If you're not reading it, get started. If you're not spending time in God's Word every day, then you are too busy. You need to carve out some time somewhere for God's Word. And in the day we live in, the Bible versions and even the Bible on CD and even probably we could have a hundred Bibles playing, you know, audio. Someone will read it to you for free even today. We have so many tools that are available to us. How else can we grow in our understanding of the Word? Well, share with somebody else what God is teaching you. It's such a blessing to talk to others who love the Bible and to be able to share with them my questions, share with them my encouragements. Even this, this past week, going through the book of Job, I'm not sure how many times I've gone over this section, but something brand new jumped out to me, brand new. I never caught that in the timing of that saying before, how Job went through all of that loss, and when he was going through that deep pain in the lowest part of his life, it's then he said, I will make a covenant with my eyes. It wasn't beforehand. It was when he was in the darkness. The Bible is a book that never can be exhausted. And the Bible is a book that we need to give time and attention to. And so plan on sharing something that you got with another. Another way of just getting a great understanding of this book is to teach it. How many of you have found yourself in a position where you had to teach a lesson? Teach someone something else? How much time did you spend How much time did you prepare? Even this past week, I was talking with one sister here at the church who who, who teaches a Bible study. And she said, three, sometimes four hours, I'm preparing for this, this little Bible study. And it is common that the people who learn the most in a class is the individual that's teaching the lesson. You want to get a good handle on the Word of God, teach a group, teach a Bible study, start one. And then also another way where we can grow in our understanding of God's Word is just to get more of it. There are so many, um, there are so many resources today. You can listen to sermons. Uh, you can listen to podcasts. There are so many places where you can go. You can type in topics. You can type in um, a scripture verse and find dozens and dozens of lessons to read about or to listen to on that. We need to be growing in our understanding of God's Word. And to get more... For some of you, you're going to have to acclimate your palate to it. You know what you don't have to acclimate your palate to typically? 
You don't have to get used to more TV time. That's not really hard to do. It comes pretty easy for some. It's not super hard to, to figure out how to spend a lot of time on your, on your device, your smartphone. I just cannot figure out how to get some more time in on my smartphone. Some of you are addicted to that thing. But when it comes to God's Word, the devil hates it when you're in the Bible. And so he's going to distract you, and you might have to develop disciplines in your life. You have to acclimate your palate to that, to where you look forward to it. And for some of you, you might get to the point, wherever that time is, whether it's in the morning, or before you go to bed, or even middle of the day, you'll get to the point the Holy Spirit will make that your favorite time of day. I cannot wait to come to that time. It takes discipline. It takes work. Now, when we talk about the knowledge of God, let me ask this question. Are there individuals with a tremendous amount of information about the Bible, but they really don't have wisdom? Are there folks like that? Oh, there are. Maybe you've seen a a PBS special where they're interviewing some theologian from some university somewhere, and he's got more of the Bible memorized than you or I do, but he has no relationship with Jesus Christ. It is so important that we have this combination of an understanding of God, knowing Him, knowing His Son, knowing His attributes as we study God's Word. They come together and they work hand in hand. What is the point of reading the Bible and knowing the Bible but not practicing the Bible? What a shame how many people spend a lot of effort and time knowing God's Word but it never changes their hearts. And then here's the good news. Some of you like a a good deal. Here's the good deal. Are you ready? Once you do number one, an understanding of God, and you do number two, an understanding of His Word, then number three comes so much easier. The third lesson that we learn that we want to encourage our church family to do is we need to grow deeper in our understanding of our purpose in this world. You need to know why you are here. Would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2, please? First Corinthians chapter 2 is where we're going to read from in just a second. But everybody needs to hear what I'm about to say before we turn our eyes to 1 Corinthians. You have a purpose from God in this world. He has you here for a reason. It's so easy to doubt that. It's so easy for us to question that. And the choices that you make in life are going to determine whether or not you're living according to that purpose. God has given us an ability to make decisions, and we can choose to sin. We can choose to not do the things that He wants us to do or to do the things that He hates. And as we combined the first two the understanding of God's Word and our knowledge of the Bible, we're so much closer to knowing His purpose because we are so much closer to knowing the person of Jesus Christ. Look starting in verse number 14 of 1 Corinthians 2. The natural person, that's someone who's not been saved, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because... They are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself 
to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the, what? Mind of Christ. As we walk in this world, as we rely on the leading of the Holy Spirit, and as we obey His Word, we find that more and more we are given the mind of Christ. To the point where we don't even have to pray as much about something. Now, I'm not discounting the point of prayer. I'm just saying, if you've already heard your dad say it, and you already know your dad's heart, you're not going to have to pray about whether to do it or not. You get to know the mind of God, and it makes it easier to know your purpose. We know Him, we know His Word, and as a result, we know better why we are here. And God loves this. And Satan hates it. The devil wants to keep you so preoccupied with so many other things. And oftentimes, good things, things that are noble, and oftentimes the enemy of the best for your life is the good, and we'll be so busy with good things, but not the things that God wants us to be a part of, and the devil will send those things your way, and he's perfectly content as long as you are not living the life that God wants you to live. He'll keep you busy with other things. It doesn't have to be, you know, wicked sin and running some terrible group of crime and all these horrible things. He's perfectly fine for you to, to pay your taxes, to, to not go to jail, and to make zero impact for eternity. Perfectly content if you're not making a difference. But He has us here in this world to make a difference. He lets us know His will. Some of you have have struggled recently with having a strong desire to do something that is different than what the Bible says. We can get help with that. We can get help with temptation. We can get people praying for us. We can overcome sin. There is always hope. And when we know God and His Word better, God will place within you the desires that you want and that He wants. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Very practically, what can we do with this? Well, answer these questions. Write these down. Answer these questions. Do I know God better this year than I knew Him last year? What have I been through? And did I respond in a way where I know more of His attributes? Or did I run from Him or seek help in another place besides Him? Do I know His Word more this year than last year? Guess how many books are going to be around for eternity? How many? God's word we have been given, there was a starting point to this written word, but there will never be an end. It will be here forever. And so get to know it and love it now. And then also, do I know my purpose better this year than last? Some of you have figured out some things that you were wasting your time on. Some of you are still seeking. As a church family, we are growing deeper in our understanding 
of God, our knowledge of the Bible, and our purpose for which we were created. Now, I wanted to pick up that drill again because it makes me feel powerful to pick up a drill. I handed this drill to my daughter yesterday for the first time, and she used it. Can you guess who handed me this drill for the very first time? My father handed me this drill. He came in, and I was an adult, and he saw me struggling with a silly screwdriver and said, well, this is silly, and he went and bought me this drill, and I'm thankful for it. I'm not really good with it, but I'm so thankful that there was someone who saw something better. We need to have our eyes wide open to something that is more and something that is better, yes, for ourselves, but also for those who are around us. And as a church family, when we grow in our understanding of who God is and of His Word and of the reason that we are here, it's then that we will not be scratching our head confused as to why we're in this world. We are here for Him to be used for others. Let's pray. God, you are so good to us to give us so many blessings, gathering together today in freedom to worship, being able to choose from thousands of songs that gifted musicians and and even preachers have written over the years, being able to open the Word and study it. We are blessed in so many ways. Would you help us not to become complacent? Would you help us, Heavenly Father, to continue to want to use every day that you give us in this world for something good, for something eternal? We praise you that we're not alone in this. We thank you for a church family, that we can serve one another, join with one another in worship, and even learn God's word together. As we have our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to give you a chance to pray today. It's very possible there was one area that the Lord was speaking to you in. Take a chance to pray about that. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the reason He died on the cross was for you. You are a sinner, but you don't have to pay for your sins, separated from God forever. You can spend eternity in heaven if you will just accept the gift of salvation that Christ paid for on the cross simply asking Him to forgive you and make you His child. Even if you start the prayer, trust Him to give you the thoughts and the words to finish it. Take a moment to pray if that's you today.